You are now listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything that's anything with your hosts, David and Brenda. Now, let's get to talking about this and that. Hello, This and That Nation, and all listening to this edition of This and That with David and Brenda. This is our 48th episode of This and That with David and Brenda, and we welcome you to Podcast Land Studio with your co-hosts, Brenda, otherwise known as Miss Brenbren. And this is David, a.k.a. Dr. David, a.k.a. The Professor. And we are coming to you with another eclectic edition of our podcast where we talk about everything that's anything. Today is May 3rd, 2020, and of course, we have a lot to talk about, and we're going to tell you what we're going to talk with you about, but before, we want to give a few shout-outs. We're going to start out with our Shout out to everyone that's listening to us, especially those in the United States who are listening in Rockledge, Florida, Atlanta, Georgia, New Orleans, Louisiana, Boardman, Oregon. And not only do we have listeners here in the United States, we have international listeners as well. And we want to send a shout out to all of those who are listening to us, especially those in Wiesbaden, Germany, Braunschweig, Denmark, Paris, France, and Vilvoorde, Belgium. Hopefully we did not butcher any of those names. And if we did, we do apologize. And we thank you all for listening to us, especially... Those who are in the military here in the U.S. as well as abroad, we want to thank you for your service. The men, women, and canines that are in the five different branches of the U.S. military. We also want to give a shout out to all of the military dependents as well as the civilian contractors, support staff, and the like that help support the military. We also want to give a shout out to all first responders, that's police, fire, 911, emergency services, and the like. And a very special shout out here in the age of the coronavirus, COVID-19, to all the frontline healthcare workers, the doctors, nurses, med techs, custodial staff, and so on as well as a shout out to all essential workers, and that includes the folks who are driving the delivery trucks, buses, streetcars, trains, teachers, grocery store employees, warehouse workers, and on and on and on. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank you to everyone, and we do want to make sure, like David said, we want to give a shout out to those who are the essential workers or otherwise our unsung heroes. So thank you so very much for all that you do. 
Now when you have a little bit of free time on your hands, and I don't know, there have been a lot of states that have gone off of uh, orders for um, stay at home or lockdown or whatever, so you may not have as much free time on your hands, but whatever amount of free time you do have, we hope that you will listen to our on-demand podcast. And what do we mean by on-demand? We mean it's available 24-7 whenever, wherever you choose to listen to us. That's correct. Our podcast is available Wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and other streaming services, so there are a whole plethora of apps and services on which we are located, including our home base, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, TuneIn, and more. We are also available on all Alexa voice-assisted devices. We have an e-blast email distribution list, and you can send us a note or sign up for that. All you need to do is drop a note via email to our show's email address, which is thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. That's this, the letter N, that, all nine characters together, at sign, aboutgreatercincinnati.com. What if um, those listening may have a question or a comment? How do they get in touch with us? They send that question or comment to the show's email address, this and that, at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. Or they can always drop a comment on any of the uh, aforementioned Podcast on-demand locations. Now, you mentioned that um, in our e-blast, we uh, might tell folks some interesting tidbits. I've mentioned that in the past. What's one of those interesting things that we would like to tell folks today in our Thought You Should Know? We want to tell folks about SAP for Kids program. And SAP for Kids program is a program that was launched because of uh, what's happening now with respect to the um, COVID-19 pandemic. And the program helps families find food and other resources during the pandemic. Well, that's timely. Yes, and specifically, um, this came about because there are over 123,000 schools closed, K-12 schools closed here in the United States, And that impacts about 54.8 million students. And uh, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, um, the free or reduced lunch program uh, serves 29.7 million children each day. They get free or reduced price uh, lunch. And roughly half of those folks also get free and or reduced priced um, breakfast. And I know some places also do dinners too. So those uh, folks have been impacted. And various school districts have put a whole bunch of different things in place. But the uh, SAP for Kids program 
is a collaboration between Gen Youth, which is a child health and wellness nonprofit um, that's been in existence now for um, almost 10 years, we're roughly around there, and um, SAP, which is a German um, enterprise software company, and they make uh, software that runs the back office of large Fortune 500, 1000 companies in a lot of places. Well, again, so. this is very timely information. Um, how do folks find this? Well, they have a website, and the website has, um, among other things, there's an interactive map that um, as long as you opt in to uh, allow your location to be used, whether you're going on with a laptop or a phone, um, the, the map will hone in on where you are and it'll show you all sorts of resources that are near you. By resources, I mean where you can find um, food, housing assistance, um, health care, where the public health care centers, financial assistance, um, jobs, etc., and the like. So there's a lot of things that are on that site, plus there are links for if you want to add your resources to the map, you have resources to share. Plus, they're giving out grants to folks who may be um, uh, producing meals for folks, uh, food banks, etc. So you can sign up for trying to get a grant through these. There's a lot of different um, links on the site. And there's a very long URL or link to this site. The easiest way is just Google SAP for Kids. That's SAP the number four kids all together. Just Google that and, it'll, and you'll, you'll get to the site. And I'm not going to try and give this, this URL. It's a mouthful. Well, again, this is all very timely information. And uh, hopefully folks will find it useful that may need to get access to the type of info that is being shared on this particular website. And kudos to... Um, those who put this together. Yes. Now, um, it just seems that the COVID-19 crisis is not going away no time soon, correct? Uh, that's correct. It's still a pandemic. The, the virus is still there, hasn't gone away. It's in warm climates. It's in cooler climates. So um, we're, we're living with it for a while. And in that case, we're going to dedicate another episode of our podcast to talking about COVID-19, right? That's correct. I know you're looking forward to it. Yeah, again. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And as they would say in the younger generation, uh, well, a spin on what they would say, we got this. So what are we going to talk about? Well, Brenda and I are calling this um, episode, episode 48, um, update on the pandemic, the COVID-19 coronavirus reality check. And we're calling it the reality check because um, there is, in our, in our opinion and in others' professional opinions, um, who are in the medical scientific community, there's a lot of what we would term here in Podcast Land Studio, happy talk about the, the pandemic being over, 
or on the downward slope, getting ready to disappear. You, you, you all out there, if you've been paying attention, you've heard all this stuff. There's a lot of happy talk and a lot of optimistic um, forecasts and predictions out there. So we want to give a reality check so you are not sucked into somebody else's agenda and maybe um, caught flat-footed if things don't turn out to be those very, very rosy, optimistic scenarios. So that's why we're calling it the reality check. Um, also, as those of you who are uh, faithful listeners of This and That with David and Brenda know, during these COVID-19 episodes, we've been doing a fact or fiction uh, segment, and that's where we bust up and debunk um, myths regarding COVID-19, and this is no exception. We do that yet again um, in this episode. And uh, another timely topic, we will talk about whether or not um, using, ingesting, industrial cleaners, disinfectants, and the like uh, will kill the virus. And we'll just leave it at that. Yep. We, we got this. We're going to talk about, again, timely information that our listeners will be able to hopefully glean some information about COVID-19 and make some choices, decisions that will um, make their lives a little easier. So are you ready to um, move forward? I'm ready. Then let's get going. Yo, what's up, y'all? This is Doug E. Fresh coming at you with a message. You got it here. Everybody, keep your face mask on. Don't take it off because Corona's strong. And wash your hands for 20 seconds long. Six feet deep, six feet deep, six feet. Social distance is on, uh, uh, on, uh, uh, on, uh, 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 on, on, on. This and That with David and Brenda podcast, episode 48, COVID-19 coronavirus reality check. For those who are loyal listeners of This and That and have been, or people who have just tuned in because of the coronavirus series, you know that uh, we start off these segments going through the numbers, and as of late, uh, we haven't gone through the top 10 countries and the like, because right now, when you look at the charts that are out there, and by charts I mean I'm looking at five-day moving averages of actuals, and again, I deal with actual data, not models. So when you look at five-day, seven-day moving averages of actual data, once again, the United States, and, and just the absolute number, the United States is, you know, by far and away... Numero uno, number one, with respect to confirmed cases. Yeah, this is not a number one ranking that you want. And while testing has picked up, because again, 
a lot of folks will who who you know don't like the fact well nobody likes the fact that we're number one but a lot of folks in leadership positions will say well we're number one because we're doing all this testing and blah 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 well yes the u.s testing situation has improved but again and there are all sorts of places like the corona coronavirus um project which is a um, consortium that's put stuff together, John Hopkins, and the like. When you look at all these different numbers on that are now tracking how many tests has the U.S. done, um, no. The U.S. per capita is, like, nowhere near where it needs to be, nowhere near the top and uh, as, as far as testing. So if you're hearing, oh, we're, like, doing more testing than anybody in the world, even in terms of absolute numbers, that's not true. But especially most of the testing that's being done is being done by New York City. When you take New York City out of the equation, especially, we're way towards the bottom. With New York City in, we don't look as bad. So, All right. so, what, so that what number are... is not because of we're fine. It is, it's not 100% because, oh, there's more testing going okay, on. Okay, so explain. What are the numbers? Yes. And we'll get into more of this in the reality check. So... Uh, right now, um, as of this evening, on May 3rd, 2020, uh, the U.S., the number of confirmed cases is 1,143,433. And that's reported confirmed cases. And, and again, for those who listen to our podcast, they know, but I'll, I'll say again. Confirmed cases means somebody had a test. This is a test that is approved by the CDC or the world and or world health organization and they tested positive for covid-19 so that's like check that is a confirmed case and so this, this is an undercount any number you hear about how many people are infected in the world is an undercount and this number tested. this number that you're sharing is across the 50 states in the United States plus the territories correct 50 states DC and the four territories so that's the 50 states, Washington, D.C., District of Columbia, and um, Puerto Rico, U.S. Virgin Islands, Northern Mariana Islands, and Guam. It's across there. Okay. Um, what, I, what I don't know, and that brings up a fact, I'll have to cut this down. I don't know if this includes members of the U United States military in the DOD. I really don't know that. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to hunt that, that for down. the next time. Yes, we'll have to hunt that down. Because if you're on a you know, Navy destroyer or somewhere, you know, and you've got infected, are they in the count? So of that million plus, how many cases are New York City alone? Which is the number one city in the U.S. as far as cases. Uh, 312,977. So roughly a quarter of those of the U.S. case count is or just New York City, and then New Jersey is a little bit behind. So you know, forty percent of the cases are is, is the New York tri-state area. If you throw well, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, and the like. No wonder why Governor Cuomo gets airtime on TV. Yeah, because that's the that's the epicenter. Um, now the U.S. case count is about one third of all the cases globally, and it's. 187 countries out of 197 now. We've gone up a little bit, so 95%. Um, and the number, again, as of this afternoon, was 3,476,021 confirmed cases globally. So that's where that stands. And the, um, the 
the death count globally is 245,531. That's, again, based on confirmed cases. Again, this is an undercount. Um, that's pretty much everybody accepts the fact that this is an undercount. And the U.S. Um, death count as of this afternoon is 66,760. So, and I will have to say this is May 3rd. When we went into April, from the, or entire month of April, I'll say it this way, more Americans died of COVID-19 during the month of April 2020 than died in 20 years of the U.S. war in Vietnam from 1954 to 1974. And albeit it didn't scale up until Johnson really in 67, 68. But 20 years of the Vietnam War, 58,000 Americans died. And we had about 60,000 Americans, almost 60,000 Americans died during the month of April. Yeah, well, More than during those 20 years of Vietnam. That, this is not acceptable. That, that says a lot and that paints a very uh, grim picture. And, um, and the number's going up. Doesn't look good for the future. The number's going up. The case count number is going up. The death count number for the U.S. is going up. And when you when you look at when you look at these numbers and these charts on their moving averages on a logarithmic scale, so you can just look at forget the numbers, just look at the trajectories. The U.S. again is it's just so off the chart, different from everywhere else. And we'll talk about this some more during this podcast, but just. That, that has not changed. So when you hear people say, oh, the U.S. has plateaued, the U.S. has plateaued. No, the U.S. hasn't plateaued. New York might have plateaued. Well, New York has plateaued out and it was stalled. It may, be, may start be going down now. Maybe. It's too soon to say. But the U.S., most, most states in the U.S., including here in Ohio, the numbers are going up. So the number of cases are going up and the number of, of deaths are going up. And, you know, some of those finding cases is because of increased testing, but not all of it. There's just more activity now. As you mentioned, Brenda, in the opening, there, you know, folks are now coming out of, you know, stay-at-home lockdown, etc. There's more activity and this virus is finding more and more uh, human beings in the United States to infect. So, unfortunately, I think those numbers will go up. And what's telling is, I saw today, you know, where Dr. Burks was interviewed on a show, and she mentioned, somebody mentioned, well, we went past this 60,000 number, so weren't you people kind of, you know, number went down to 60,000. And she was like, our number never changed. The, the coronavirus task force number, still to this day, they project 100,000 to 250,000 Americans will die of, of COVID-19. And that number was based on everybody doing social distancing and everything else correctly, which, you know, we're not even doing anymore because people are just kind of, you know, ooh, spring and everything else. So, and that was, that was interesting because I, like the, the interviewer, thought they had brought their number back. They're like, no, they didn't change their number. So once again, we, you know, that's where a lot of people get up and, you know, in this government say, oh, this and that number, but the people actually doing the work and putting the stuff out are like, no, we didn't change anything. And unfortunately, look, we're headed towards that number. We're headed toward that range. 
But I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. Well, unfortunately, the picture that's trying to be painted of all is well with the world and everything is under control when you got people that are not on lockdown or shelter at home or shelter in place orders, uh, all that's now changing now that May is here. I'm really concerned about how things are going to get or how things are going to go further down the road. Uh, correct. And again, that is why uh, this and that nation, um, your humble hosts, Brenda and myself, have put together this reality check. And we're going to do this um, since we didn't do the top tens. We, we're going to do this countdown style. we got to get a countdown in here somewhere. And this reality check, again, we're still, you know, modest budget slash low budget slash no budget. So if we could... Uh, uh, do you want to say that again? With emphasis on the latter? What, no budget? Yes. <laughs> so if we could pay royalties for music, this is where I would break out Guy... Groove me, and get to the breakdown part where Teddy Riley says, "It ain't over." Okay. It ain't over. I'll say it. It ain't over. The pandemic ain't over. Groove me. <laughs> That's all you're gonna get, people. Sorry. <laughs> but yes. Sad to say, the pandemic is not over. No, the pandemic is not over and not going to be over anytime soon. So, let's let's just jump right into so it. So, let's start our countdown, starting with... Number five. Okay, number five. As we just said, the coronavirus, COVID-19, it's not going away. And loyal listeners know that I essentially uh, say COVID-19, the coronavirus, is a monster. It is, you know, it's a virus. Viruses aren't even living organisms. We'll get into that one day. But, uh, but it's a monster. And unfortunately, more and more evidence in peer-reviewed papers show that it's becoming endemic. And what does endemic mean? Well... Um, endemic means it's here all the time. So, so it's going to be it's like gonna, the common cold, Yes, like the flu. Well, the flu, people like to say it's quote-unquote seasonal, and the flu is only seasonal depending where you live. If you live in the equator, the, the flu is there all the time. Because the flu doesn't go away, but they call it seasonal here for a variety of reasons. It just looks to us human beings like the flu comes and goes. But... COVID-19 isn't even going to give us that luxury of, you know, really kind of, quote-unquote, going away. There may be less, like you say, it's like the cold. Because people get summer colds. You know, and the cold cold doesn't always happen during, you know, colder weather. You can get, quote-unquote, summer colds. And um, the, this is looking like the same thing with, with COVID-19. It's It might be less because there are technical reasons why... The, you know, it might be a little bit harder to transmit, but it's not going to disappear. And that's the problem, is it's not going to disappear. There are all these people running around, and it, it may come back with a vengeance. So people are saying it might be a, a second wave and, and the like. And, we'll, you know, on another podcast, we'll talk about some of the future scenarios people are looking at of what may happen with this. 
uh, which which and these are people who know because they are the top epidemiologists in the world, and they've laid out you know pretty much three scenarios. So I'll give people a hint. They're like three scenarios, and they're telling governments, not just the U.S. but governments around the world, you know. Hope for the best, plan for the worst. Plan for the worst case scenario. Don't plan for the best case scenario. So anyway, we'll get into that another another day. So that's unfortunately what, what's happening with coronavirus. It looks like it's it's becoming endemic. It's not going away. And there it, it keeps morphing and changing. And now there was a study, apparently it came out last week. I, I have not read this, but, but I, I did know that folks know that in New York, and this goes back to Cuomo, they know that even though President Trump shut down travel from China, didn't matter because the East Coast was infected by people coming from Europe. And they know that because of genetic mutations in the coronavirus. Now, there was a study last week that um, early, so it's being peer, in the process, it's still being peer-reviewed. It's an early release, and I don't understand why some of these things get released. What's the difference between leaked, early release? I, I don't know. So this was an early release. It's left on the printer for people to see. Literally, it's like a printer somewhere where, in some place where they can get these things and disseminate them. Um, but there are two strains, there are two major strains, mutated strains. And there's the one from China and there's the one from Europe. And this study kind of says the one from Europe is more virulent. It's, it's, it, 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 you know, is, is stronger, does worse outcomes from the one in China. And that's why we see all this devastation and death on the East Coast versus China and everywhere else. Don't know. It's an interesting hypothesis. Don't know. So that's that. But, but it's, you know, there are mutations that, have been ha that are happening all the time. And typically people have said with coronaviruses, these mutations are not significant. But this virus is so crazy weird you know, why not? Why not? You know, all of a sudden there's a coronavirus and the mutation is significant and significant in a, a way that's actually detrimental to the virus because it doesn't really want it. It, it wants people not to die because it can't get anywhere if it doesn't have human beings to replicate. But that's where we're at. Okay. Number four. If a country, state, society opens up, reopens too soon, you pay a price. And I've mentioned before in the podcast, Singapore. And Singapore did everything right with respect to the coronavirus. The minute it became clear there was human-to-human -human or community spread transmission, they sprang into action. They never had to go through a lockdown in late January, February, March. They bent the curve. Um, they did social distancing, they had everybody wear masks, I mean, the full nine yards. They did the contact tracing so that they could stop the, stop the transmissions and the like. So, and, and they, you know, didn't do a, a lockdown, but there's certain, certain things they did. They stopped schools so the kids couldn't become, you know, super spreaders, and they did little, you know, things like that. So there are things that they shut down, but they didn't stop everything. Their amusement parks they stopped and everything else. And then in April, they were like, okay, this is cool. We've got, got it below transmission rate of, of less than you know, exponential growth. So at most, if one person's infected, if they happen to infect somebody, it's going to be only one person. So they were like, okay, let's start schools back. 
let's start up these businesses, you know, we got this, and they were, they were touting themselves to the world, you know, I don't blame them for that. Within, literally, within two weeks, and they, people tell you the two-week thing, within two weeks, they had cases popping up all over the place, and they couldn't figure out where they were coming from. They were doing the contract tracing, and it was just, it, it was like exponential. And even though they were using technology and apps, a whole bunch of things to contact trace, the prime minister was like, we got to lock down. And they'd never locked down before. So if you reopen too soon, you pay a price. Singapore did everything right. And they reopened. It was clearly too soon. Hong Kong did the same thing. Hong Kong was, you know, it's, it's part of China, but not, you know, complete China. So they didn't get a jump on it from Singapore because, of course, the Chinese government was like, eh, nothing, nothing to see here. So they had a lot of, they had to do a lot of scrambling. But they, again, bent the curve in Hong Kong. And they had an app. They set up quarantine camps and a whole, a whole bunch of things. And they got it under control. And they started to open up because Hong Kong is all about money. Bam, cases all over the place. And they had to start all over. Wow. Germany, just the other week. They started to open up, and they're already starting to see cases. Again, if you reopen too soon, you're going to pay a price, and that's what I think may happen here. Well, not may. It will happen here, especially when you look at states like Georgia that reopened even before May 1st, um, and the states that are not following the guidelines of having two weeks of reduced numbers of, of, of confirmed cases, they're going to pay a price. They're going to see an increase in cases, and they're going to see a, an increase of confirmed deaths. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't think so. Uh, that's true. And I liken this to, um, and here's the movie reference for the week, Aliens. The the um, sequel to Alien. You know Sigourney there had Weaver's. to be a movie reference, folks. Well, in Aliens, Sigourney Weaver made it back to Earth. Uh, Paul Reiser is the corporate representative who recruits her to go back to the planet where the alien is because they put it in the interim because it takes a while for the ships to go back because this is not Star Trek with light you know faster than light travel and like. Um, there was a colony there, and they haven't heard from the colonists in a while. So he, he, she's been there. She survived. She knows the lay of the land. She's fought the alien. He wants her to go back with his contingent of, of you know, U.S. Marines, space Marines. They'll go there and see if the, what's going on with the colonists, and if the alien go, you know, go basically kill it. She, she goes, and there's a scene because there's a scene in the, the, the mess hall where on the ship while they're going to the planet. And the Marines are being Marines. They're talking big and bad about their past endeavors and everything and what they'll do to the alien and the like. And um, Ripley, is, you know, becomes Debbie Downer. She, she essentially tells the Marines, y'all don't want any of this. You better hope nothing is going on because this is not something to be trifled with. You have to, she doesn't say this, but essentially, I'm paraphrasing for Ripley, you must respect the monster. If you don't respect the monster, if you don't respect this opponent, you will die. And that's essentially what I see with COVID-19. People just don't want, a lot of people just don't want to respect this virus. 
They want to act like it is less than what it is or it's a hoax or whatever. And all this reopening and people running around, it's, they, they, they don't respect the virus. Even in countries that did it right, they're like, okay, we squashed it. And no, you didn't, you didn't squash it. You didn't flatten the number enough. And New Zealand has the right idea because they bent the curve and the prime minister, she's like, okay, we want to squash this. They want to get that, that transmission number, what they call the R-naught value, not just to, you know, 0.8 or 0.9 like New York or like Singapore. They want to get it way down, way down, which is what China, China's like down at 0.3. And even China, they're taking baby steps. They're scared of this thing because they saw what it did. And New Zealand, that never had an issue, they, they, they're not going to end their, their lockdown until they get it down to some kind of number like that. And that's what people really need to do and figure out how do you make the economy and keep people whole. I already said they should have made it rain, but they didn't. And that's part of why people are coming out. Because um, our government didn't really freeze-dry the economy the right way. So a lot of people are hurting and the politicians are taking too long to do stuff because they're too busy playing political games. It's my opinion on that, what's going on. Don't know if you want to add more to that or not. I mean, there isn't really anything more that I can add. I mean, folks aren't taking this seriously. Um, and that's why people need to rethink, should they go hang out on the beach? Should they not... Do the proper distancing when they come into um, close proximity to people. Uh, should they not wash their hands for the full 20 seconds or more? I mean, it goes on and on and on and on. They need to take this seriously. People don't need to procrastinate. Um, they keep putting things off. I mean, we see this in the government. Um, they keep thinking, well, we'll just kick this can down the road a little bit longer and um, we'll pass another uh, stimulus bill or whatever the correct term is for it that they're calling it uh, because they want to try to get their, you know, their, um, what do you call it? Their agenda? Yeah, they want to get their agenda covered in whatever package that they're trying to get through Congress uh, because they want to make sure they're bringing back all the goodies to whatever uh, group that they represent rather than trying to do what's right for the people of the United States. I mean, they need to um, do like what I heard a pastor say in a, a sermon that he gave on Facebook Live. Um, and that's where he said, don't talk about it, be about it. And that's what you find a lot of people in, in Congress doing. They're just talking about doing this and doing that rather than, rather than just doing what needs to be done so that we can get out of this chaos, crisis, before any more people lose their lives. All right, preach. That came from the Reverend Dr. Roger Lotson of the Carnegie Emanuel Baptist Church, located in Carnegie, Georgia, which is along the scenic trail of Georgia Highway 
in coastal Georgia where the Gemini Man starring Will Smith was filmed. And to get my movie reference into. Alright, well I think we said enough on that, so let's um head on down to number three. Number three, reality check countdown. What you got? A lot of happy talk, as I, uh, my term, happy talk, about vaccines. And every, every time I turn on the TV recently, it seems, when, first, originally it was the vaccine will take 18 months, at least 18 months to two years. Then it's like, oh, we're going to do all these things in parallel, but don't worry, we're still going to do the safety, whatever. So we're going to cut the time down, and there'll be something for emergency use, probably uh, sometime next spring or summer, spring, summer 2021, and um, general rollout, etc. might be as early as um, the fall. Now, recently, keep hearing from various uh, folks who are working on vaccines saying, oh, we'll have something in September. I mean, that was the latest one I heard. We'll have something in September. We're doing, we'll, we'll know that it's, it's safe and viable in September, and we got this company over here already making doses, and we'll be ready to rock and roll at the end of the year, giving it to healthcare workers, and um, we'll gear up for, you know, vaccines for general population next spring or something at the latest. I, I keep hearing this. Now, do you actually think people are going to go for this, given other vaccines have taken years to come up with? Well, and this is something they're doing in a matter of months? Well... I'm not going to get there yet. My, because, again, this is called reality check. So put some reality in it. Last, uh, in episode 47, mentioned the fact that the fastest vaccine that was ever developed was like for uh, mumps. And that took four years to develop. That was the quickest, you know, vaccine. Now, a lot of these folks will tell you, oh, they're building on what was done for SARS. And SARS was abandoned because SARS kind of went away. Uh, and SARS was uh, another coronavirus, and that um, outbreak, as we've mentioned before, was 2002 to 2003, Southeast Asia primarily, but, but it, it disappeared. It was harder, harder to transmit and the like. And again, the technical name for the coronavirus that um, COVID-19 is the disease, but the virus is SARS-CoV-2. So that's... That, um, that's because it is related to the original SARS virus. I'll stick with COVID-19. Yeah, everybody calls it COVID-19. Or the virus that, that, that causes COVID-19. Some people get really you know, technical about that. I'll stick um, with COVID-19. But anyway, the, um, so they, they're building on that research. And that's fine and good. That was SARS. But there was also another coronavirus that you know, 10 years later popped up, and that was MERS, Middle East Res Respiratory Syndrome. And actually, I thought MERS, and I'm not the only person that says MERS died out, but MERS is actually still around. It's, it's just very hard to transmit. It's even harder than SARS to transmit, which is actually pretty good when you look at the, 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 the fatality rate from, from um, MERS. I mean, the fatality rate for MERS is like almost 40%. I mean, you get this. It's, you know, almost a roll, you know, 50-50, almost 40%. That's pretty bad. Uh, so it's a good thing that it's, that it's, hard to catch but 
they started working on a MERS vaccine because they started building on, you know, oh, this SARS stuff. Let's pick up where SARS vaccines left off. So in 2012, they started working on a MERS vaccine. What year is it, Brenda? 2020. Okay. So for eight years, they've been working on a MERS vaccine. It is still not here. There is no MERS vaccine, okay? That's a coronavirus. And it's a coronavirus that's not even as, as uh, is more lethal, but it is not as contagious, thankfully, as um, COVID-19. But it's same family, no vaccine. And in fact, there are seven, if you count COVID-19, there are seven coronaviruses that impact human beings. And four of them are the common cold, and you have SARS, MERS, and, and um, uh, COVID-19. There's never been a vaccine invented that, that's worked, let alone found, for coronavirus in human beings. There are coronaviruses that work, these vaccines work in animals, and in fact, they give like things that keep common colds out of cows and everything else, our, our food supply. They work great. Human beings, hmm, they don't work at all. Um, so I know people are talking about these uh, rhesus macaques monkeys that they've injected this stuff in and it's like, oh, it works great and everything. I'm not impressed. We, coronavirus vaccines work all day, all day long in animals. They haven't been shown to work in humans. I know that they've injected in some people. Let's wait and see what happens. I hope I'm wrong. But, and also, when these people talk about a vaccine, I didn't know until we got into this. There, did you know there are two different types of vaccines? I didn't know this. This was, this was fascinating to me. What do you mean there are two different types? Well, apparently, when I'm thinking vaccine, and I think when most people think vaccine, they think of things like, you know, MMR, you know, mumps, measles, measles rubella, chicken pox. You take these vaccines, um, hepatitis um, A, you take the vaccine, and that virus, when it attacks you, your body fights it off. You do not get infected by the, by the virus at all. That's, that's, you know, what I think of when I thought of vaccines. So I got really into researching this. There's a second type of vaccines, like the flu vaccine. The flu vaccine does not prevent you from getting infected with the flu. That is not what it's designed to do. That's the second types of vaccines. You get infected with you, you, it can't stop your body from getting infected. But once it's in there, it you know goes to battle, and you have a um, very very mild case. You do not have to be hospitalized. That's what the second types of vaccines are. So when a lot of these people are talking about COVID nineteen vaccines, they're talking about this class of vaccines. When you really start reading their stuff, you're still going to get infected, but you know. You're, you're not going to have to go to the hospital. And that's different from the antivirals. Because if you don't take a flu vaccine and you get sick, you go to the hospital or you go to the store, you got to get Tamiflu or you take that antiviral and it helps you get through the course of, of the illness. But you may end up having to you know, go to the hospital because things can kind of go south. With these vaccines, that's not going to happen. You, you, you could still get you know, sick and feel awful from, you know, with flu, but the flu vaccine does not keep you from catching the flu. It just fights it better. And that's what a lot of these COVID-19 researchers, are like literally like a hundred vaccine developments going on right now for COVID-19. And most of them are not looking at preventing it. They're looking at 
just helping you fight it off. That blew me away. I had no idea. I had no idea. So in that context, there may be some people who come up with something that's a vaccine, but they're not, they need to really make sure, what that means is then, and this is why these people are making these bets, it all clicked. Because I'm like, these people are spending all this money on something that may, may not work or whatever. But they're, some, they're betting that it's going to work as this second class of vaccine. And they're, they've already on record saying, oh, they'll just, you know, vaccinate the whole world for at cost or eat it or whatever. And that's because they know a year later, whatever, because that's the other thing is more and more research shows that there's no lasting immunity because that's how it works with coronaviruses. You catch the cold, a cold, you're, you've got immunity on average for like the next eight or nine months, maybe up to a year, and then you can catch a cold again. Same with this thing. You're going to have to get vaccinated on a cycle. So they'll eat the cost this first time around, and then, you know, again and again and again and again, that company's just going to cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. That's why they're doing this. Not just altruistically, but, you know, that's why it's like, oh, we'll eat the cost for this, because they know it's not like an MMR where you may never have to take a, you know, maybe years later you got to take some kind of booster. Maybe. No, 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 no. This is like the flu vaccine, which does not prevent, which doesn't prevent the flu. I thought you had to take the flu vaccine because you have all these different strains and everything else. It was like, no. No, there are all these different strains, but the flu vaccine usually has, like, there's influenza A, which is always around. Then there's something called pandemic flu. Pandemic, which I didn't even want to know what that was about. That's in there, too. And then you get this third one, which is, okay, what's the weird strain that, all, that they see that's developed? And now they're making flu vaccines that actually have four. Because in certain parts of the world, like I said, the flu's there all year round. So they're like, we got to have a flu vaccine that has four things in it because this ain't working for us. So that's, that's what's going on with these flu vaccines. If there's a, if there's a vaccine for COVID-19, it is not going to wipe it out. And that's that. This is not going to be like, oh, one day smallpox is gone. Like, there's no smallpox. There's no, um, there's no um, 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 polio, things like that. That's not going to happen with this, more than likely. All right. For those who are listening, Nan, do you understand why we're doing this real- reality check? What's next? Uh, we're up to number two. Oh, uh, let me guess. Number two is all about hmm, testing. You knew it was coming eventually, yes. Yep. Testing, 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 testing. Testing in the U.S. is still, and I will be polite, I will use the word inadequate. <laughs> in our production meetings, that, that, <laughs> that is, is not the word polite. I was using. <laughs> that is very, so, very polite, folks. Testing in the United States Use your is imagination. still inadequate. And this is so puzzling because all these people want to reopen. It's the key to reopening. If you can't test, and there are all these different types of tests, if you can't test and know where where and how it's spread, how much has been infected so you know the real fatality rate where some clusters might have been. And if you can't test um, very quickly and do contact tracing and isolate people, because that's all kind of tied together, testing, contact tracing, meaning 
okay, who has this person seen? And, and not just seen in the last 48 hours, seen in the last two weeks. And then find all those people and then test them to make sure that they're not infected and the tests come back quickly, not to send it off and it comes back in five days or even two days. Because you can't go to, there's some places where every day you may have to get tested to go to work. I mean, ideally that's, you know, make sure everybody's okay or make sure that these people coming in are okay. And if you don't have any kind of rapid testing, this is a problem. And like you said, <laughs> ideally, that's the way testing needs to work. Because just because you test today and you test fine, you don't have it, doesn't mean you won't come into contact with somebody or some surface or whatever and pick up Precisely. the COVID-19 virus in, you know, same day. Precisely. I mean, later that day or... The next day. Yep, because there's snapshots in time, and until we have a until we have a vaccine, once you have a vaccine, you don't have to do all this kind of testing. But until we get to vaccine, no matter what that vaccine is, what is if it's the vaccine that's more like the you know measles mumps, it's gone forever kind of thing, or a vaccine that's more like the flu vaccine, which is what most of these companies are banking on, as we said. Until you get a vaccine, you gotta do testing. Testing, contact tracing, and isolating. As I mentioned in 47, isolating shouldn't mean you go back to your house and wait, you know, two weeks or whatever to make the CPF symptoms. That's just not gonna cut it. You gotta test it, these tests have to be like the you know diabetics blood sugar kind of test. You know, it doesn't have to technically work that way with the finger prick and blood, whatever, but you get the point. It's gotta be something that quick. And folks who are diabetic or live with somebody who's diabetic know that when you take these tests today with any kind of modern meter, you know within literally within seconds what the what the blood sugar value is, and we need to know that. And it doesn't have to necessarily be seconds. You know, minutes, minutes is fine. I mean, 15 minutes at this point, 15 minutes could take that. But we need testing and. It's just a mystery to me why we don't have testing. I have theories, but you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna throw in theories and and, and the like because I have no data to support any of these theories as to why testing is just so inadequate. Well, the other thing that um, those listening to this um, edition of our podcast need to keep in mind: you may get tested, and they come back and say you're negative. That doesn't mean nothing because there's such a high number of um of the not negative rate, but you really are positive. False negative rates. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The false negative rate so, and the and these tests are there's no one kind of test for COVID nineteen in the United States. It is it is all over the map. And the values, some of these are the the false negative rate is like uh, close to 20%. Some others are really good at, you know, 5%. And what that means is 20% of the time, it's going to say that you do not have COVID-19, but you really do. And, you know, false negative rate is much worse than a false positive rate. <laughs> Quite honestly, because the false positive rate, um, oh, you have COVID-19, but you really don't. That's, you know... Inconvenience, but you, you're not going to potentially go infect a whole bunch of people that way. 
Uh, but if it's false negative and people accept that, then they start running around. And especially if there are these people who don't want to wear masks to protect other people, they're breathing on them. It's just, it's just, it's just a mess. So again, that's part of our reality check. Yes. So what's number one? Do we get a drum roll on this one? Uh, yes. Uh, we will get a drum roll. Drum roll, please. <laughs> And number one. Back to case counts. The, in the United States, the COVID-19 uh, confirmed case count, as I mentioned uh, at the start of this segment, is orders of magnitude higher than other countries. I look at a lot of different charts, as Brenda knows, and the, the one that, that crystallizes this most is the Financial Times, and I forget the name of the reporter data country for the Financial Times. You can find his stuff, Google it, because he puts it out every every weekday, um, sometimes on the weekend, and it's these five-day moving averages, logarithmic scale, so you don't worry about the numbers, and, it's, and it shows the trajectories of the curves, and he has all the different countries on there, and the U.S. is just... So it's 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 just so different and so way sky high than everybody else. I want to know why. Why is that? We have not flattened the curve. At best, we plateaued the curve. And the reasons why we we've only plateaued the curve is again a lot of it is just um, testing, not testing enough, and the, that curve would go even higher if we were really testing. Plus. Um, there's some things we're just not, I, I think if the Chinese came over here, they would just say we're, we're doing it wrong. Um, we never really locked down. If you look at what happened in Wuhan, Wuhan was just completely out of control and their healthcare system collapsed. And, you know, the, the Chinese, that's, that's just a fact. And even they wouldn't sugarcoat that. But what did they do? They locked down the area. They, they essentially gave some people, and you see with the CNN reporter that was there, and they showed his travails when he went into Wuhan, and then he found out like at 3 or 4 in the morning from somebody who's like, you need to go. The place is being locked down at, you know, 6 o'clock, whatever time it was. You got to get to the train station, get a ticket, and get out of here, otherwise you're going to be stuck. And they put the, the, the city on, on house arrest. I mean, literal house arrest. People could not move. People in this country complain, they use the term lockdown. No. You can go out, you can stretch your legs, you can walk walk in the park if you social distance. You can walk around the, if the park is open, otherwise you can walk around the neighborhood. No, they could not leave their houses. Period. And the, the, the Chinese locked the place down. No public transportation. They flew in. 40,000 healthcare workers from around the country and outfitted and they cornered the market on PPE, you know, very sneakily did this. This is where President Trump can, because they, they were like, oh, there's no problem. And I think that's part of why they said there was no problem. Because you see this with other stuff in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s with commodities. China did this all the time with commodities where they would quietly start, you know, go to Australia, go here, they needed more coal, and they would just find ways to do shell companies or other stuff. Oh, we got enough coal, we got enough coal coming from here. But no, they were cornering the market on a whole bunch of commodities they needed, but they didn't want the price to go up. 
And they they did this with commodities, regular commodities like coal, you know, coal, steel, bauxite, whatever. And I think that's part of why they lied about stuff. And they lied. I think it wasn't, oh, you know, I think that's part of why they lied. They wanted to corner the market on PPE and a whole bunch of stuff and not spend a whole lot of money. And so if they just said they had things under control, then they could do things hither and yon and the price would stay where it is. I mean, that's that's how I look at it from just, you know, I'm, my experience looking at China and commodities in, in the, you know, 20 years ago uh, or 15, 20, 15 to 20 years ago. But anyway, that's that's what they did. They bought all this PPE. So their folks were outfitted in nice, you know, PPE and everything else. If you look at the, the footage of what happened in Wuhan during the lockdown in these hospitals, you don't see what you see in the U.S. and New York and other places where it's just like, you know, um, you know, big lots. And big lots is, uh, I don't know if everybody has a big lots. How do you describe big lots? Odd lot size places? Yeah, an odd lot size store where you can find some of everything and at reduced prices. Because there's something wrong with it. Right. <laughs> and that's what, the, every time I see a lot of U.S. hospitals... Um, and that's usually what it is. It's overrun stuff for a line at a particular manufacturer where they produce too much of something or they put the zipper in the wrong spot on a pair of pants or they got too many buttons on a shirt. Something's wrong with it. Right. So, so But it's still usable it's or usable. wearable. Yes, but it, I look at this stuff and it's like, you know... It's like people went to Big Lots or Hobby Lobby. I mean, people putting together their own shields and masks, whatever. It's just, it's really sad to me. And it's like, this is the United States. Why are people doing Hobby Lobby and whatever? We should have, you know, the best stuff. And, you know, China has the best stuff. I look at Israel. Israel's, like, got space-age stuff. If you look at the COVID-19 wars in Israel and just go online and, and YouTube, look at what they're doing, it's like, you know... I, it's like um, the movie Outbreak with uh, Dustin Hoffman. Like they got literal or the Andromeda strain. You gotta get further. They got you know really spacesuits and uh, respirator packs and all this other stuff. You don't see any of that in the U.S. You don't. But I digress. But um, that's what they did. They had real shields and and the like. Those forty thousand workers. None of those forty thousand workers got sick. And the U.S. workers are getting sick. Russia, finally, where they got, they can't hide the fact that they got COVID nineteen. They got healthcare work. So many healthcare workers sick. Um, there was somebody filmed, and uh, I don't know. They're probably in prison now because they filmed where they were. They didn't have enough beds for. They wanted to have the beds for the COVID nineteen patients, but healthcare workers were getting sick. But they weren't going to send them home because they would infect their families. That was happening, so they stopped it. They converted broom closets. And they show, because you see this really small room, and, and it's like, the interpreter's like, it was a broom closet. And they like they got, like, you know, sick workers shoved in these broom closets, getting, you know, IV drips and whatever. I mean, you didn't have any of that in China, because these people had the best stuff, and they did not get sick. And they also contact trace. They have a police state, so they converted their police state so that they could contact trace and everything else. To, to nip things in the bud. And they didn't let families just quarantine at home, no. They had isolation camps. And if you didn't want to go willingly, they threw you in a steel box. People are hurrying about the steel boxes. And, I mean, I'm not making any of this stuff up. They shove them in the steel box, and, you know, they open it up when they're in the quarantine camp, which was like, you know, soccer stadiums or whatever they changed to just warehouse people. And they, 
they, you know, disinfected nonstop pretty much and did a whole bunch of things. And they did them in a draconian police state communist government way. But it broke the back of the, the virus. Plus, they also used Chinese medicine. And they've been trying to tell people, use, you know, they use herbal Chinese medicine. And they're like, forget all this, you know, other stuff, whatever. You should use this in combination. So they did that as well. So those are things that we're not doing, basically. And they, we've got clusters popping up here and there because people are doing too, too many things together. We know that nursing homes always places of epidemic prisons. Did we do things in advance? And especially after Washington State. No, and it's just, that's where a lot of these numbers are coming from, in my opinion, because we're just not taking it seriously. Just not taking it seriously. New York City now, they're starting to sanitize their stuff, but they're going to do it once a day. I mean, China, they were sanitizing their stuff nonstop. Well, I know they have more people, but, you know, these are, these are things we got to look at. These are things we have to look at. That's why we wanted to do this reality check and, uh, and we'll do it again um, somewhere down the line because folks need to um, know about this and not always take what they hear on, you know, regular television at face value. I mean, do your research, folks. Don't take our word for it. Do your own reality check. Listen to different sources um, when it comes to TV news. Read different newspapers um and we get your input from various sources and do your own reality check and then tell us are you hearing anything different from what we've said send us an email let us know send us email at this and that at about greater cincinnati.com that's this the letter n is in nancy that at sign about greater cincinnati.com Here's what people are saying about this and that with David and Brenda. I enjoy listening to your discussion of COVID-19 because it was evidence-based. It relied on facts and numbers, and it was so informative, not only about what the virus is doing in this country, but also around the world. I especially appreciated your discussion separating this from reality. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much. Okay, David. Time for another round of Fact or Fiction COVID-19 edition. And today, Fact or Fiction. Can drinking household cleaners kill a COVID-19 infection? It's really sad, in my opinion, that we have to do this one. But no, no, and no again. Do not drink household cleaners, Clorox, Lysol, Fabuloso. Don't do it. Don't even apply this stuff to your skin. I mean, these are toxic chemicals. They yeah, You can use it to um, clean surfaces, uh, clean your bathrooms, mop your floors, but don't ingest it, people. Right. Just And <laughs> that's all I got to say on Don't this. take a bath in it, people. That's all I got to say on It's not going to kill anything but you. Yes. Bleach, 
Yes, it'll kill COVID-19 all day long on surfaces. Surfaces. Wash your clothes with it that, that can handle it if you're that paranoid about, you know, your clothes might be contaminated. But do not drink bleach. Do not drink Lysol. Do not drink Pine Sol. Do not, do not cook drink with it. Fabuloso. Yes, do, don't cook with these things. Don't dilute it into it. You will hurt yourself. Or die. Or die. Depending how you do it. That's all I gotta say. Don't don't take aquarium cleaner. Yeah, like because the man in Arizona. Do, I was gonna say <laughs> it, we've already had one case of somebody doing something because they heard about the um what was it? Hydrochloroquine. Yeah. Which is not a disinfectant, but still kind of thing. You, you if you hear these pronouncements from from folks on high saying oh do this do that, use some common sense or just be skeptical. Just be skeptical. And Unless do your you homework. are hearing it from a trusted source, like the um, Centers for Disease Control (CDC), or you're hearing it from your doctor. Even then, I would say, depending on how you, you may want to talk to your doctor, even if you hear something from the CDC, it, it may not be for you. you. Correct. It may not be for you, so. Do your homework. Right. Do your research. Don't take what people say at face value. And, I mean, we tell you that all the time. Right. On this and that with David and Brenda. Right. And if you don't have a if you don't have a regular doctor, um, primary care physician, call your health department. Call your health department and ask them, of you know any kind of health question, and they'll be happy to answer. And like we always tell you here on this and that with David and Brenda. Don't take our word for it. Do your research. Check, double check, triple check. Do whatever you have to do to make sure you are arming yourself with the right information and then make your decisions, make your choices, and move, go forward. Yes. And don't drink isopropyl alcohol or oh, alcohol. Oh, please don't. Because they... they can kill you or cause blindness and all sorts of other things. And while we're at it, regular drinking alcohol isn't going to kill coronavirus either. No. There's not yeah. enough alcohol content in it anyway. And plus, it's not even going into your lungs. And if you pour liquid into your lungs, I think that's called drowning. Yeah. Yes. And I think, it's called drowning. I think there are folks sure out there that think if they drink corona... <laughs> that they'll catch the coronavirus. No. While we're at it, let's kill that rumor. No. Corona, the beer, the cerveza, the Mexican beer, has zero to do with coronavirus. And people have literally brought this up. There are people who have stopped, stopped that. They've stopped drinking corona because of the coronavirus. And we don't drink beer, people. So, and we don't have stock in corona beer. So, don't think we're saying that to you because... We're going to make money off of it because we're nope. not. Nope, we're not. So like we always say, do your homework, then make your decisions. Comments? Send your feedback to thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. We have come to the end of edition number 48 of This and That with David and Brenda, have we not? 
we have indeed. It is time to upload episode 48 to the cloud. And for those who are listening to us, thank you very much for your continued support. And remember, we said this was edition 48. So that means number 50 is right around the corner. For episode number 50, we would like uh, your participation. Your participation in what we will be calling our golden podcast because it's number 50. Right, and 50 is usually, uh, in a wedding context, the golden anniversary, so, you know, golden podcast. And how do we want folks in this and that nation to help us out? Uh, They could send us a million dollars. Well, okay. (laughs) We would like for that, if you have it. And, um, you know, an extra million that you don't know nothing to do with uh, or want nothing to do with, yeah, write us a check. Send it to us. So, so Make sure it's not going to bounce. Um, uh, yes, bear bonds or cashier check. Right. No personal checks. No personal checks. Or, or, or cash. We'll take cash. Not sure we'll make it through the mail, but if you could get us cash, we'll take that too. But in lieu of all those things, uh, folks can drop us a line at thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com and uh, tell us their, the one or more uh, episodes or portions of episodes that they really, really uh, enjoyed and that is their best memory, so to speak, of this and that with David and Brenda thus far. And you can also, or you can also, tell us about what it is about this and that with David and Brenda that you like, that you find useful. We'd like to know what you think about our show. Exactly. So drop us a line and what you uh, tell us may end up on the show. Yeah, we can't promise that everybody will be included, but we'll do our best to include as many of you as possible as part of our golden episode number 50. So we'll look forward to getting information from you. Until then, all the best. Peace out. Stay woke. Bye, folks. You have been listening to This and That, a podcast collaboration about some of everything about anything. This has been hosted by David and Brenda and is presented by AboutGreaterCincinnati.com. Music by Poddington Bear. Please subscribe to our podcast so that you can stay up to date about future episodes. If you have any comments or suggestions about this episode, future episodes, interested in sponsorship and or advertising, please email us at thisandthat at aboutgreatercincinnati.com. All rights reserved. Thank you and all the best.